Party Crashers, on this next episode of The Uninvited, we are talking about hate. So the one thing my mom looks forward to every single day for, I don't, I, I don't even know for how long she's been doing this for, is her daily walks alone around the neighborhood. And I literally called her the other day to tell her that she cannot do that anymore. Since the beginning of COVID-19, Asians have experienced a 1900% increase in Asian hate crimes. Also, one out of four Asian Americans have experienced Asian hate during this pandemic. So growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood with very few Asians in my city, I've been called chink, gook, chung li, go back to China. And guess what I did? Nothing. To stay quiet and turn the other cheek, just mind your own business. Two, we have all been trapped in this model minority serial. Not getting any better, Asian Americans are being attacked, specifically our elders. It's our duty as Americans to speak up about what is happening right now and what needs to be heard. For the investigators, they interviewed him this morning and I, uh, they got that impression that yes, he, he understood um, the gravity of it and he was pretty much fed up and kind of at the end of his rope and, um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him and this is what he did. Hand, you think Asian women are subservient, passive, and quiet, but we are none of those three things, and I refuse to fit your yellow fever sexual fantasy for the Asian women who came before me on this land. It's those who were trafficked to Sanford, sold into sexual slavery, and post-slavery era couldn't make it past five to six more years. Often girls as young as seven, eight, and nine for ten-something decades, we fought to be seen as more so who the fuck is your disrespectful self? Hey, party crashers. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found us and however you decided to find us, I'm so glad you did. Please do us a favor, will you? Please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating? Consider giving us five stars because, you know, five stars feels like love. Four stars feels like the friend zone. Uh, look, look, Party Crashers, there is no good way. There's no easy way. To get into the conversation. So. I'm just going to stumble through it. Um, as best as I as I can. Um, the hatred. Against. Asian Americans. In this country has reached. Uh, a fever pitch. And. It was predictable. Uh, and it was preventable. And we did neither. We stood by as the former president daily would dehumanize through racist language, through outright lies about people of Asian descent, about people of Pacific Island descent. And we just let them do it. We let them do it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I feel like it started reaching a fever pitch when the, the 84-year-old man in San Francisco was brutally attacked. And then we started to see more and more things in the news. And, and honestly, it makes me wonder how often these attacks have been happening and that the media just never got wind of it. Or we didn't care. We didn't care enough. Um, 
But what we saw in Atlanta yesterday, to me, is a referendum on all of us. That, that we have been willing to tolerate racism to such a point that it's gone unchecked and eight people are dead because of sexism and racism. And um, look, I, I don't have answers. I don't have a script. I'm, I'm angry as hell. Um, I'm, you know, I, first of all, uh, I'm angry at the mindset of people like Joe Baker. Is that his name? The guy who said, oh, yeah, he just had a bad day. You know, I'm so sick and tired of young, ill-affected, not parented correctly, entitled, angry, white guys with guns getting away with killing, killing, A, killing women, B, killing women of color, C, D, with guns, and E, being not only arrested, but apologized for or coddled by law enforcement. This, this guy, uh, the assailant, the accused um, killer, uh, what's his name? As we're, as we're, um, I'm scrolling, uh, I'm scrolling through uh, the New York Times article from this morning to find his name. Robert, Robert Aaron Long, who's white. Can I just talk to you a little bit about why I had to scroll down on the New York Times' online article on the shooting? Because it took them six paragraphs. Bare, fair, short paragraphs. But it took six paragraphs for the New York Times. This isn't the Wall Street Journal. This um, isn't, um, you know, um, what's the, what are the other things that conservatives read? This isn't Fox News. It's the New York Times. It took six paragraphs before I get to the place where I find out what the assailant's name is and what his race is. And I knew when I first heard about the shooting, I knew he was white. Okay. And I knew he was white, not because of what was reported, I knew he was white because of what was not reported. 
it seems that when it's a person of color, whether they are black, whether they are someone of Arabic descent, whether they are Latinx, whether they are an indigenous person, whether they are uh, someone who may be of Asian descent or Pacific Island descent, we get those photos, we get the full dossier on those individuals pretty damn quick. In fact, those are the first details that come out. It's breaking news and it's like the, the, the news is always under development, but we have a name, we have a photograph, not so in this case. Not so in any case that involves a white assailant. And it does seem like that the, journal, the, the, the rules of journalistic engagement change based on the color of the assailant's skin. So it took me six paragraphs to get in the New York Times to find out what I already knew. I knew he was white already because it took six paragraphs. Uh, didn't know his name, didn't know his age, but him being 21 is, it feels predictable. Uh, him having access to a gun that he purchased legally, not a surprise. You know, in the article, it talks about how the, it says that the, the, this trooper that arrested uh, this this young this 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 killer, I you know see I almost called him a young man. He's a murderer. He's a, a mass murderer at that. It says that the state trooper performed a maneuver, and it caused the SUV that the murderer was driving to spin out of control. And then the very next line is interesting to me. The very next line says the driver was arrested without incident. The driver was arrested without incident. But you just said, you just said that the state trooper had to perform a maneuver. To, to get this person, and uh, it flipped the SUV over. That's an incident. After the sixth paragraph in which the, the killer is identified as a white man and named, the very next paragraph, after they say that, you know, the dry, that he was arrested without incident, which is not factually correct, the very next paragraph says a nine millimeter gun was found in his vehicle. It also says from, you know, um, for, for where the gun was purchased that this murderer bought the gun legally. So to recap, here is a 21 year old white man kills eight people, six of whom are Asian, one of whom is uh, uh, Hispanic or Latinx. 
he is um, chased down by state troopers. The state troopers have to perform a very specific maneuver, apparently, to get him to stop. The SUV flips. That doesn't qualify as an incident, despite the fact that this killer had a 9mm gun. At, at press time, I don't think we know if that gun was in fact the gun used, but we can guess that that was the gun that was used to kill eight people. Despite having a gun, after having trying to avoid law enforcement, despite having a gun on his person, he was arrested without incident. You know, and oh, he was a legal gun owner. That didn't help Philando Castile. How many people of color are arrested with incident for having done nothing? And how many people of color get law enforcement to make excuses? for murderous behavior. Oh, he I guess he had a bad day and he just snapped. And this is what he did. Oh yeah, he's remorseful. Oh, yeah, he said it wasn't racist, so it isn't racist. Meanwhile, we see attacks on Asian Americans going up exponentially over the past several months. And we are writing articles we're giving press conferences and we are making excuses for white supremacist behavior. Murderous white supremacist behavior. We saw it at the Capitol. White supremacy killed a cop. White supremacy drove a couple other uh, Capitol police to attempt and complete suicide. White supremacy brought um, physical harm and emotional harm to several dozen law enforcement officials on the Capitol. And yesterday, we saw white supremacy kill eight people, seven of whom were people of color, six of whom were of Asian descent, six of whom were women. Or was it seven? Seven may have been women total. No, yes, seven women. One was white, six Asian, and one male who was uh, Hispanic. And you can fact check me on that. But the point is, we need to stop Asian hate. We need to stop hate against black people, against indigenous people, against Latinx people, against women what we're seeing here is that the hate just chooses different directions in which it flows in. And what we have to do is stop hate and very specifically. You hear all the time that we have to dismantle white supremacy. When you hear someone say that, they're talking about this. White supremacy is having a sheriff who will not only make excuses for this mass murderer, but apparently has also made all sorts of racist comments himself around the coronavirus. 
This is guy's a law enforcement officer. I mean, we saw this with Dylan Roof, right? Dylan Roof goes into a church, kills, what, nine people, most of whom were women, most of whom were black. Uh, he, he, too, was arrested without incident. And he wasn't apologized for the way they apologized for this mass murderer yesterday. But, you know, he was hungry, so they took him to the drive-thru. They took him to the drive-thru. Was Freddie Gray hungry? Was Sandra Bland hungry? Were the six Asian women, the one white woman, and the Latinx gentleman, were they hungry yesterday? What did they want? They said one of the guys, one of the guys who was shot was just walking. He was just walking. Get shot in the face. But let's go ahead and keep making excuses for white supremacy. Let's keep excusing young, not just young, but old, angry white men. Let's start, let's just keep excusing them. Let's just keep trying to understand their experience. Let's keep saying that, you know, we can't, I mean, yesterday, was it yesterday, two days ago, the House reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act. A handful of Republicans, 19 of them, voted with Democrats to, to pass the Violence Against Women Act. However, in the Senate, the Senate, I know in a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I don't know if we should uh, fiddle with the fiddle, uh, uh, filibuster. In order to get the Violence Against Women Act passed in the Senate, in order to get 60 votes, we absolutely have to uh, remove the filibuster. Because we can't get 10 Republicans to agree that domestic abusers... Um, that people that have a history of violence against women should not have access to guns. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, well, this guy had not committed acts of violence against women before. Oh, really? You don't think that those women who are there were, I mean, a, a lot of those women have been trafficked here illegally. A lot of them are in sex slavery. Now, there's a whole other conversation to be had on sex work. Sex work is work for what it's worth. But that's not what we're talking about here. The odds are is that uh, that many of those women who were in that parlor were not there on their own, um, under by their own remission. They, they are not there by their own free will. So every time someone solicits these women they are participating in violence against women look at robert Kraft. robert Kraft, the the owner of the new england patriots great friend of the former president the day before uh, a football game a, a playoff game actually his team was playing the team here in kansas city he visited one of these um spas in air quotes 
and uh, it was a it was a place that was under uh, federal review, uh, FBI review, sting operation for trafficking. You know what happened to Bob Kraft? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Now you could say, well, he didn't kill anybody. Well, true, but he's committing an act of violence against women because these women were not there in their own free will. So, look, absolutely. I love the hashtag, let's keep it going, stop Asian hate. But the way that we stop Asian hate is the same way we stop black hate, the same way we stop Latinx hate, the same way we stop hate against Latinx folks, the, the same way we stop um, hate against indigenous folks, the same way we stop hate against LGBTQ folks. The way is completely and utterly and mercilessly dismantling white supremacy. And I say unmercilessly. I don't mean violently. What I mean is in an unrelenting fashion. The the supremacy that leads itself. Now, what I'm not I'm not saying advantage. I'm talking about the mindset. Supremacy is a mindset and it is a set of structures and systems that are in place to guarantee that when someone does this, there's a system in place, already set in place, to make apologies for them in the law enforcement area, to protect them by the, you know, probably I, what I would consider the, the best newspaper in the world, the New York Times. The systems are set up in place to protect all white men, even when they kill. The kid, was it Kyle Rittenhouse? Who, um, uh, in, in Wisconsin, in Kenosha, was going around killing, killed a couple people, killed peaceful processors. What's happened to him? Not a damn thing. He killed two people. Cops just let him walk. Cops offered him water. Cops thanked him for being here. The president, on the insurrection, I love you. You got a president telling these people that he loves them. So the way you got to stop hate is we have to crush the mindset. It's got to be obliterated. It's got to be taught, um, socialized from an early age. In the education never stops. Um, look, like I told you before, I don't have anything of value to add. Um, I'm pissed. I'm angry. I think we all should be too. And um, enough's enough, man. That's it. Enough's enough. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I think I need to stop now because uh, it's not constructive. But um, what I my my advice will be to find find a way better than what I found today to be constructive, to figure out how we begin to to end hate um, against Asians, against all people of color, against women, against um, all people. We got to figure out how to end it. 
And uh, I appreciate the fact that this pod does nothing to help. Um, but we got to do something. And uh, I don't want to watch another person being attacked because of the color of their skin. I don't want to see another person being killed because of the color of their skin. We've got to do better than this. All right, so I've I've calmed down just a little bit, but not by much. Um, but yeah, that's just it's a hard subject to talk about, isn't it? Like it's not, it's you know, no one ever wants to talk about this, but yeah, you know, it's it's something that we need to talk about. Um, so I I just want to thank you all for those of you who were able to endure that that what was probably what felt like a hot mess. <laughs> of of a of a segment and i certainly uh am not going to leave you with that being uh the end the end of the show um you know one of the things that i wanted to do in this um particular episode was uh to highlight not just the you know the voice of 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 law enforcement but i really wanted to highlight um, the voices of, of, of Asian people and spe- specifically, excuse me, specifically Asian women. Uh, uh, one of the earliest sounds that you heard a soundbite, uh, it, it was the woman talking about her mom. I don't have her Twitter handle and I'm not on TikTok, but, uh, I share the video that she posted was on TikTok. Her name is Chris L. She's at Chris L. Lim, Chris C-H-R-I-S-L-E-L-L-E, Lim, L-I-M. She's at Chris L-M on TikTok. So if you're interested in following her there, if you're if you're one of those advanced folks, you know, if you're younger at heart than I am, find her on TikTok. Um, there was also a, a part of a poem, uh, and I think it may have been a freestyle uh, response to uh, the fetishization. I cannot say that word of Asian women. Um, but she is also on TikTok. I also don't believe she's on Twitter, but you know, the cool people are on TikTok. Maybe I need to figure that out. Uh, Charlotte Yun. She's at Charlotte Yun. Y-U-N on TikTok. That's where that, um, that poem came from. Um, and I, I wanted to, to, to end this pod, uh, and, and they did not cite the woman's name who's being interviewed, but there was a, a protest. I think it may have been yesterday. Really excellent interview. And this, this young woman really lays out what it is that she hopes to see uh, as a response uh, to this wave of Asian hate and how we might stop it. And so what I'd like to do is in this episode, um, in, in her words, to really lay out what's at stake and in what she wants to see. So I'm excited to leave you with this. I'm going to catch you on the flip side when I, hopefully I'll be in a better place, <laughs> not as angry. Um, but I'm looking forward to catching you on uh, the flip side. But this conversation is not going to go away. We need to keep talking about it. We need to keep pushing on it. But until next time, keep being good to yourself, good to each other. And uh, I'll catch you on the flip side of the next episode of The Uninvited. Peace.
We're out here because people who look like me are being killed. Uh, people who also share our siblings, our brown, 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 black, indigenous siblings are also being killed. We need to stick together and we need to be here for each other. And what would you like to see come out of today's uh, protest? I want this to keep growing. I don't want this to stop. I want us to realize that this collective power is what we need to keep this energy going. We cannot keep letting white supremacy be a wall to everything we can achieve towards liberation. And we need to be here for each other. And I also heard you made you asked for made three demands. Mm -hmm. Can can you say those demands? Sure. Number one is to disband the Asian Liaison Unit. It's a specific unit, part of the DC MPD, uh, that focuses on quote on reaching out to the Asian community out there. But we, as we all know, cops are not serving us. Number two, we want to include Asian Asian American history in our public schooling education, all kinds of education, along with black history in their education as well. Because without that history being a part of our collective history, there's no business in learning anything else. And the, um, incorporating black history is the demand number three, yes. correct? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, thanks so much for everyone coming out today. Please keep an eye out for each other and protect each other. Don't just be a bystander. We need to be there for each other. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.